In this episode, we learn about our newest employment partner, Nonprofit Megaphone. We interview Heidi, a mill spouse advocate and team member at Nonprofit Megaphone, about her remote journey and the seven open positions at this company. So don't miss this show and be sure to visit jobs.vertforce.us to view the current openings. Welcome to the Vertforce Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. I have a special guest tonight. I'm excited to introduce her to you. She's been a military spouse for nine years. So friends, she's seasoned. She gets it. She's a hobby queen who can scuba dive, quilt, and brew beer. I wonder if she can do them all at the same time. (laughs) She has a bachelor's degree in zoology. She's a grant manager and analytics specialist with Nonprofit Megaphone. Please welcome Heidi Lanjul. Hey, Heidi. Hey, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. We're so glad you're here. Heidi, where are you? San Antonio. It's uh, it's definitely been a big change. Um, it's a big city compared to where we've lived before. Yeah. So that's been a little overwhelming, but I enjoy all of the amenities they have to offer. Tell me a little bit about your journey in the military and how you ended up in San Antonio. Yeah, so it's kind of a long <laughs> journey, but um, I'll try to hit the, the high points. So me and my husband met in college at Michigan State University while we were both getting our bachelor's degrees. Um, and he was actually in the BDCP program with the Navy. So after we graduated, he immediately went to officer training mm-hmm. um, and he had a pilot slot with the Navy. So we pretty much moved immediately after graduation down to Florida. Yeah. Um, which just, <laughs> Hashtag Florida, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved Florida. I miss it dearly. Um, we were in Pensacola for like a year while he was doing his uh, flight school. Right. I mean, you know how flight school yeah. is. So we, we traveled from Pensacola to Milton, Florida, and then to Meridian, Mississippi, and then to Virginia Beach. Um, so we were moving a lot in just a few yeah. years of flight school. But then when the Navy journey ended, uh, he decided he was going to go back to grad school and pursue medicine because it was something that he had always wanted to do. And he actually wanted to do it with the military. Um, So he was kind of thinking that he would be able to jump right back into the Navy and do that again. 
but they didn't have any slots. And this whole time I, you know, you've got me in the background, like applying to positions everywhere we go, trying to get things, getting very temporary things, getting leads and not getting <laughs> any um, bites, things like that. Um, so, I mean, long story short, we ended up in Indianapolis for a few years while he went to grad school and then he ended up getting us a lot with the Air Force instead of the Navy. And that brought us down here. I kind of realized that we would be in this location a little longer because we were no longer moving every year, every year and a half, we would have maybe a three to four year station. Um, so I went back to school for human resources because I said, okay, well, my, my bachelor's of science doesn't seem to be getting me a lot of leads. So maybe I can do something that will be a better opportunity to travel. You just struck a chord for a lot of military spouses. We find ourselves in that position where we're thinking, okay, if this degree is not marketable, maybe I need to go back to school. Absolutely. And that was the point I was at because I really had applied a lot while we were in Indiana to different universities trying to get positions as a lab tech, which was what I had experience in. And it was the same thing over and over of, you know, you've been out of the job for too long or you don't have enough experience right. or, or, you know, getting ghosted and not even knowing why you didn't get the job kind of thing. So I went back for human resources. I did uh, a six-month certificate program and ended up um, taking that with me to Texas and just started applying here. And that was kind of how I accidentally stumbled upon what I do now, which is not human resources. So you've tried human resources. You've done a lot of hobbies. Was there anything in your past that you did that you loved that you, you sort of regretted that you had to let go? My big dream with my zoology degree was always to work in conservation. I really wanted to work with uh, birds and conservation, sort of an ornithology expertise. Uh, that just wasn't really a reality that happened because we make those sacrifices as military spouses where, you know, you have to choose whose career is going to be the one you're moving right. for. And so... I, I had never intended to be a zookeeper with that degree, which is what a lot of people hear when they hear that. But really, I, you know, it's more of an animal biology type orientation with, with what you're studying. There's so much you can do with that. Yeah, exactly. So, and I did enjoy working in labs, although it's uh, somewhat isolating. I, I used to teach biology labs in college, and I really enjoyed that. And I thought it would be great to go into a zoo and maybe do like an educator position and be able to work directly with the public and educate them about conservation if I couldn't work right. in it. So that, you know, that is always like this, the dream that never happened, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you know? You found something fulfilling that you enjoy. Yeah. So exactly. let's talk about your journey to remote work. I don't think mm -hmm. that everyone considers remote work as an option. So when did it dawn on you that remote might be right for you? And what was your journey like to pursuing it? So I got my HR certificate um, and I finished it just after we had moved to Texas. And I spent about six months um, applying all day, every day to jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it was constant. I was working with a staffing agency. I was working with um, hiring our heroes had has, you know, free employment mm -hmm. specialists that they will give you. Um, and I was just not finding anything that would 
consider me because I had no experience in human resources. And it was just the old loop of how do I get experience if no one will hire me? And of course, um, that was frustrating. So then I sort of started aiming at some other jobs that weren't quite as relevant, but I was like, I just need to work in the meantime. I need to be doing something to fill my resume. So I was applying to like Target and Best Buy, things that I never pictured myself doing, but you know, a job is better than no job. Mm -hmm. um, so it was after one particular day where I had gotten rejected for a position at Best Buy. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, what? I think it's time to start looking at remote work. Um, I had done a free webinar and it kind of opened my mind to the fact that there are legitimate opportunities out there. So I signed up for a FlexJobs account and came across a job listing for Nonprofit Megaphone. And I applied and I actually ended up applying th three times to the company because I got rejected for the first two positions. But I got an email back from the CEO saying, hey, it looks like you would actually be a better fit for this position. Right. And I was like, whoa, mind blown. Like The CEO responded to you. Yeah, and gave me a genuine answer of like, we're really impressed with your passion. Right. We really think that, you know, your strengths are more in this area, which is most cool to hear. I love that. So I want to brag on you for a minute because there, <laughs> there are a few things that I love about you, Heidi. First of all, perseverance and your attitude has just, from the moment that I talked to you last week to this week, you've just been so positive and upbeat. A lot of us are put through the ringer in the job search and it can be very easy to have down days and it's totally fine to have your down day, but get back up on that horse and keep applying because something is going to work out. And I think that you very clearly demonstrate your story tells us perseverance. And then the second thing is listeners, Vertforce fam, uh, give some clapping hand emojis to Heidi because after she got her job with Nonprofit Megaphone, she didn't stop there. Okay, she went to her... Did you go to Grant, the CEO? So I actually, it was our, his exec, executive assistant. Um, her name is Sonia. Okay. I... I had posted the job openings just kind of on a whim, seeing if maybe they would get some bites. And I just sort of messaged her on Slack and said, hey, just so you know, if you see like military spouse applications coming in, it's because I shared those in some Facebook groups. So she advocated. So she's what we call an advocate. And we want to empower everyone in the Vertforce community who gets hashtag hired to advocate for military spouses. So hand claps for Heidi because she said, hmm, this job is great for me. I think it would be great for other military spouses too. I'm just going to throw myself out there, post the jobs for other spouses and go message the executive assistant that, hey, guess what? I'm a military spouse. And I think that other military spouses would be amazing, would be an amazing fit. So because of this, Heidi created a relationship between Vertforce and Nonprofit Megaphone, and we are helping them hire seven open positions from the Vertforce community. So that means seven of you who are watching tonight are very likely going to get a job thanks to Heidi. So thank you, Heidi. And I'm brag, 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 bragging <laughs> on you. Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, 
we actually ended up hiring five more military spouses since then. I was the first one at the company and it blew my mind that that was the case. I was like, this is perfect. There needs to be more of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that there are. Tell us what Nonprofit Megaphone is like and what they do. Yeah. So Nonprofit Megaphone, we're a small company, but it's full of amazing people. The culture is really unlike anything I've ever experienced anywhere else. Um, just a broad overview of what we do. Uh, we help nonprofit organizations acquire and manage the Google ad grant. It's a $10,000 a month grant that Google provides to nonprofits in Google search ads. So when you search for something on Google and an ad pops up at the top, we're helping uh, write those and make sure that organizations are staying compliant with all of the policies they have to to maintain their Google ad grants. What I love about it is that while you're working for a for-profit company, you still get to niche and serve nonprofits. Yeah, we work with so many amazing people and amazing organizations. Like It blows my mind every single day that we get to contribute to that. Things like animal shelters or, you know, adoption facilities and it's just to be a part of their mission and even the smallest way is is fantastic you really feel good about yourself that's amazing okay so tell us what you do i said earlier that heidi is a grant manager and an analytics specialist so tell us about those roles that's because those are two right you do two jobs as i mentioned we're small so you kind of get to wear a couple of hats sometimes um, and get cross-trained. And so when I came on, I was hired on purely as a grant manager. And our grant managers are the ones who are actually going into the Google Ads accounts and writing the ads. And we do a lot of emailing back and forth and talking with our clients to see what their priorities are and make sure that we're capturing the type of audience and the type of traffic that they want us to, to capture. A couple months into being there, they realized we only had one person doing the analytics for 200 clients. Uh, we need more people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, picked out a few of us that they said, hey, you seem like you enjoy this and you seem like you're good at this aspect and that you um, understand it really well. Would you be interested in taking that on as an additional position or an additional part of your duties? Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, thrilled that they were going to give me the opportunity to do something else and to learn more things. I, I knew nothing about Google ads or Google analytics yeah. when I started there. No experience. Um, but yeah, so I've been training in that for like seven months now. So now I, I get to hold both of those titles, which is really cool. That's amazing. So while we're talking about this, the application link, the way that you can apply is just to head over to jobs.vertforce.us. And you will see there are three listings there for a nonprofit megaphone. And of those three listings, they're going to be bringing on seven people. So there's plenty of room there for multiple people to apply. So let me add here one more time. If you're interested in applying, head over to jobs.vertforce.us. And let's talk about the three positions that are open. Heidi is going to give us the down low on each of these positions. Yeah. So we've got our client happiness managers, which are kind of the face of our company to a lot of our clients. Um, they do get to be trained in all of the same Google ad 
like grant management type work, we're really big on cross training. So our client happiness tra- uh, managers are trained in Google ad management and our grant managers are trained in being able to talk to the clients on the phone as well. But um, their jobs will primarily consist of doing what we call courtesy calls with our clients. So every month or two months, they have a one hour call with the client. They usually don't last that long, but a one hour slotted uh, call with the client. And they will basically just talk to them about what's going on with their organization, any new priorities they have, any requests they might have. Our clients are a delight to talk to. So while that might sound like, oh, customer service, um, it, it is nowhere near that because we're just working with the best people and we form relationships with these people. So, you know, you get to know the people that you're working with at the organization that you're talking to each month. And I I think that there's something special about that, forming that bond with the clients. So that's the client happiness manager position, right? So that's the one where there are five positions open. Would you say if you're a people person, and you like connecting, maybe not, you probably don't have to be extroverted, but I bet you just have to enjoy having conversation. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, just being, being confident about talking on the phone to someone who maybe you've never spoken to and forming that relationship with them and valuing, you know, that presentation of our company and being able to explain things that might be complicated to them, but you can explain them very simply because that is a big aspect of that job is being able to take what they're seeing on our data reports that we provide and explain it to them in a way that is far less complicated than it looks Um, because they tend to have a lot of questions about what's going on and why it's happening. And it's really important to note too that It's all trained. So everything you need, all the tools you need to speak with clients about these things are taught to you in in your first few months. Um, You're never being left out to dry. Our client happiness managers participate in mock calls with us before they ever talk to a client. That way they can feel comfortable answering these questions. So we had a question pop up. Let me see if I can grab the name for who asked this. Luanda James asks if this position is Oconus. Um, So for now, we're only able to hire within the continental U.S. All right. We have another question. Is experience needed? So no direct experience is needed for um, any of the positions for anything you'd be doing. The one thing our company does require is that everyone has a bachelor's degree. Uh, I really want to get into the next two positions And I also really want to emphasize before we even start on these two is that experience is not required. Nonprofit Megaphone has a very robust training program for you. Yes. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about the grant manager slash also known as Google Ads manager role. Yeah. So our grant managers are the ones who are really taking on the accounts, um, working inside the accounts. You're writing the ads to Google's best practice specifications. Um, This is all things that we're trained to do. We have a very kind of regimented system on how we like to do this. Uh, We spend a lot of time getting to know the client's websites, getting to come up with ideas of what we think are good things to promote for them because we do have a lot of clients who are very hands-off and they just say, hey, manage our our Google ad grant the best way you see fit. And we don't mind that because we love getting to 
kind of flex our creative bones and and work on it as we want to without as much guidance. Um, that's a big part of our job. You know, we're doing a lot of little tasks as well. We do do a few calls ourselves to make sure that we still have that kind of cross-trained relationship with some of, some of our clients. So I get to do calls with a, a few of my clients and I, I love doing that. I love that we get to, you know, still speak with them. Um, but a big aspect of it is that working inside Google ads and, and communicating with the clients via email. We send lots of emails with them. Is this a position, the Google grant manager or the Google ads manager, is this a position where you get to be creative? Uh, To an extent. So there is a, a level of creativity. For the most part, we're trying to pull as much of what we're writing off of clients' websites. We kind of give them that guarantee that they don't need to approve everything we're writing because we are able to um, use what they've already written. But there definitely are those moments where they don't have a lot of content and you have to kind of come up with stuff out of thin air a little bit more. So that's when that comes in. Um, but Google ads are, are very limited. You know, we only get 30 characters in our um, headlines and, and not very many in our descriptions. So they're short. So you get to exercise <laughs> a little bit of creativity. Mm-hmm. So Dina asks, do you think they'll accept an associate's degree with years of experience in lieu of a bachelor's degree? So I can't say for certain um, since I'm not directly involved with the hiring, uh, but my, I mean, personally, I always feel like it's worth trying versus telling yourself no right off the bat and saying you don't have a chance because unlike some companies, every single cover letter that someone sends in gets read by a real person. So I think that that's a really important part of our hiring process is to know that it's not some automated system that is reading your cover letter and reading your resume and then throwing it out when it doesn't see the right keywords. It is a real person looking at it. We've talked about the client happiness manager and the grant manager. We still have one more to talk about, but we have some questions rolling in. So we'll pause and answer these really quickly. All right. What kind of work schedule do these positions require? So early on in your work with the company, it's going to be much more like actual business hours, um, kind of nine to five, sort of, because during the training, you need to be around, you need to be available to have that one-on-one and and group training time. But once you are fully trained, things become a lot more flexible and a lot more your schedule. So we definitely have people who have kids, have young kids who work a lot on the weekends or at night. Um, it's, It's important that you're available for things like Slack messages and emails to be able to answer those promptly during the day, but there is a good degree of flexibility. Um, It's definitely not a position that requires you to be glued to your computer for the entire day once you're fully trained. With our client happiness managers, because you are doing your your, um, calls during normal business hours, that can be a little more confined. But personally, I like to keep normal business hours. And then I love the fact that I do have the flexibility if I need it. Okay. So just to recap what you said, and I want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, for your client happiness manager role, that's going to be a little bit more structured with a quiet office Mm -hmm. setting because you're doing a lot of phone call work. Yeah. So you would probably be, I would say once our client happiness managers are on kind of their, you know, full account loads, they're doing 
probably two to three calls a day. So it's not, you're not sitting doing it all day, but it is definitely important to have a, a quiet space where you can get yes. away. And so for the grant manager and website analytics specialist, not so much time on the phone. So a little bit more flexibility with your schedule. Yeah. So I personally have maybe one call a week, if that, um, very, very much more flexible if I need it to be awesome. just having that availability during the day is the important part. Tasa asks, are you working directly with the customer or is there a middleman? Um, so typically we're working directly with, with the nonprofit organizations. I want to make sure that we cover the last position. We've talked about the client happiness manager. We've talked about the grant manager slash Google ads manager role. Now we're going to talk about the website analytics specialist. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I have so much fun with this. Um, I get to do it kind of half and half with grant management. So when you do website analytics, uh, you get to learn how to use Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics. And what we're basically doing is proving return on investment for our clients. So we are giving them the information that that people went to a website and took an action. So people went to a website and made a donation. People went to a website and filled out a form or clicked a button, things like that. We set up that tracking on the website and basically interface it with Google Analytics and Google Ads. And it sounds very complicated, but um, the training is great. And I think it's a very satisfying thing when you learn how to do it. It is definitely something I think you would want to be into tech if uh, you want to do that position full time um, because it requires a bit of willingness to explore in Google Analytics and a, a lot of guessing and checking and a little bit of puzzle solving at times because we often are being approached with things that we've never seen before. And so we're kind of figuring it out as we go. So if you're ready to learn, this is a great opportunity for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't get frustrated easily with technology. Okay. So our next question is, I have a bachelor's degree in computer science and technical background. Does this align with your vacancies? I would say so. I think that would be a great... Um, kind of match for the analytics specialist or even grant management. And I mean, our, our client happiness managers are also doing a lot of the same things our grant managers are doing. They're just doing a little less of the Google ads work and more of the calls. But the two, the two positions have a lot of similarities and a lot of overlap. I love that. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about compensation for the role. What does that look like? Yeah. So the first three months of the company, um, you are a contractor and you start on at $12 an hour is the contractor rate. Um, after three months, assuming you are enjoying what you're doing and the company is, you know, very satisfied with the work you've been doing, you are brought on as a full employee. So with a W-2 and everything good like that. Um, and I mean, typically you're going to get a raise at that point. Uh, we're very very actions based. Yeah. So 
of, you know, employee reviews and, and things are very based on that. So we can't really, I can't really give a blanket statement as to what the increases in compensation would look like. Um, because I think it's a little different for everyone based on your performance. Awesome. So 1099 to begin with, then W2. That's amazing. And compensation structure shifts or changes as you transition to W2. And it gives you an opportunity to, to figure out if it's the right fit for you. Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing too. Um, you're not committing right away. No one's committing right away fully because everyone wants to make sure it's a good fit. Um, and we also do profit sharing after you're with the company for a year. So then you'll be eligible every quarter for profit sharing. Wow, that's amazing. Really, it is. Heidi, is there anything else you want to share with us? I think one of the coolest things we do is that we have a yearly annual retreat. And I just love to share that with people because even though we're remote workers, we get to meet up once a year. And so I got to experience my first one uh, in January. We went out to Seattle and we all got to meet and it was just fantastic. So I know remote work is can seem like an isolating thing, but it was just, it was the coolest experience to meet these people that I have been working with for months. And, and it felt like we had known each other forever. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I just experienced that recently. Uh, our podcast yeah. producer, Kirsten, has been working for, for us for about six months. And we just met about oh, two awesome. weeks ago. And it was just such an awesome experience to be collaborating with someone for so long and then to actually work together in person. It was a, a great experience. Yeah, we it was it was very surreal getting to have professional development in a room full of people who I normally only, you know, see over a Zoom yeah. call. So that was very That's cool. amazing. So with that being said, if you're interested in working for a nonprofit megaphone, Head over to the job board, jobs.vertforce.us. Heidi, thank you so much for being an advocate. Thank you so much for your perseverance and for bringing this position to the military spouse community. It means so much to us. Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a really rewarding thing to be able to share opportunities with other people and help them find an amazing opportunity like I did. Heidi, let's talk soon and please stay engaged with us and, and continue to update us when there are more positions available. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye, VertForce. All right, VertForce. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast. If you need to read the show notes, you can find those at vertforce.us. And finally, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or an idea for a new episode, email us at support at vertforce.us. Catch you next week.